Welcome to Machine Learning Evolutions. So, what Evolutions is is uh, a uh, observation that you're looking at, and you're trying to establish a trend. Okay, so that trend is manifest in a ratio. Um, <clears throat> so, for example, if you're looking to see if donations in the last month um, and you wanted to compare that against donations for the previous year and the previous previous year and the previous previous year if you divide them each group um, uh, you will get a ratio so let's say you're in the year 2016 <clears throat> And then you divide that 2016 by the um, number of occurrences that you had for 2015 and 16, and that ratio was higher. That means that in 2016 you had uh, more more occurrences, and then you can use that. Uh, ratio uh, to build your predictive indicator graph table and as you recall um, that table then includes the target and the incidents and so the incident rate is um, how frequent that the target is being obtained. So in this case, maybe your target is just likely or not likely. So likely to donate or unlikely to donate. Now I started thinking about this process and uh, about how it relates to junk bond defaults. So you could use if you had the history of the junk bonds and uh, the number of defaults that are occurring each day, then you could make a prediction um, into the future as to whether the junk bonds will default based on its uh, evolutionary evolutions. So we could look at... <clears throat> Uh, indication indicators that are causing the default like uh, late on payments number of late on payments number of um, uh, amount of debt to equity ratios we could pull pull some of that data for the specific bond defaults each day and then uh, track that by donor to figure out if that corporation will default on its uh, on its bond and, uh, and then get the find out if the trend is uh, decreasing or increasing and that could as a whole uh, give us a predictability of given a certain circumstance or a certain debt to equity or a certain number of frequency of def uh, late payments could give us an idea of whether or not a default was going to occur. 
So we would look at the historical data to uh, make our, get our uh, predictive data and features, variables, and then uh, make our observations. And then we would uh, build our incident, which is the mean of the target divided by the total uh, occurrences. And we would then know the probabilities under the curve for each one of the features and or um, the area under the curve for the base model. And so based on the base model, we could then do some stepwising to try to find which columns were at increasing, uh, creating a better AUC, and, uh, and then we would maybe take the top five features or top 10 features, and that would be then included in our base model. So we could take a stepwise approach to finding the optimum variables for our base model. Other areas I'm thinking that might be very good for predictive analytics is, you know, we talked to, we, 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 in the book, we're looking at, uh, when I say book on the, on the data cap course, we were looking at uh, uh, donations. So we were counting number of occurrence of donations, the count. So we want to know uh, frequency, so number of counts, we want to know the amounts, uh, and then we want also want to know the recency, so we would get a list of the last month, so you could do uh, a group by ID and then use date and then get the max date of the last contribution, and that would then give you your latest uh, contribution, and then we could count those uh, we could use a, a count based on on the size of, of that list, um, and and or and then we would know the recency, or we could do a max, excuse me, and then uh, that would give us the max date, and then that would give us the the recency. And so the recency, frequency, and monetary value are RFM then could be used to make a prediction um, that whether or not the likelihood of them making a, a donation or, or five or more donations. So you could uh, not, not only, you could use aggregation uh, to find those individuals who maybe had 10 donations and their evolution is ratios is suggesting that they're stable or increasing their donation amount. And those individuals then would be the like, most likely candidates for a donation in the, uh, in the sampling. So there's a, bit, a little bit of logic. I like these evolutionaries because they, uh, they give you a general trend in the data and so those ratios in the data uh, are, are interesting because, as we stated before, we're not looking necessarily for an individual behavior that we can identify, but we're trying to 
uh, look at the overall group behavior and make some generalizations about the group behavior. And uh, then that's more powerful because then you can apply more generalized strategies for advertising or for identifying risk. And, uh, and then that, um, those generalizations then can be useful in predicting future risk or future rewards. So another area that I thought that maybe predictive analytics could be used in is the prediction of, of uh, error. So like if you were in a manufacturing line, uh, using the predictive analytics to predict uh, based on a number of different conditions, the likelihood or unlikelihood that an error is going to occur. Maybe in a machine, there's a certain degree of vibration in the machine that the IoT device is picking up that's indicating that uh, parts are starting to break down. Uh, just recently, I changed the gear in uh, or the window lift in my daughter's car. And it was interesting because um, the window would only roll up halfway. And so something in the gearbox uh, prevented it from going the, to the full completion. And it was probably, my guess, one of the gear sprocks broke. And so it would, uh, it would uh, uh, wind to a certain point and then that broken sp- uh, sprock would get hit and uh, and then it would stop the gear the motor would stop and then you would unwind and and it, so there was just some point that it would go to that it was broken and it would stop uh, it, so the question is is you know what what indicators could have suggested that there the gear was about ready to fail um, you know because when she was rolling the window down and up Maybe she noticed that the window had a certain level of vibration that was different than other times. Or maybe it was not humanly detectable. Uh, but if the, there were sensors on the machine on the window, maybe the sensor would have detected it. Maybe there was additional pressure put on the motor, so it was operating at a higher pressure. Or maybe it's just that there was no indicator and it just stopped the gears just stopped at a certain point um, and the, and the only way you would have detected that the metal was breaking is that um, uh, at the point where it actually fell <clears throat> so there's there that would take us back then to the manufacturer for the Honda uh, parts supplier did the uh, did the supplier do adequate testing of the material? So did they did they change the material so that it was cheaper but weaker, knowing that uh, that there might be l- less quality by going with a cheaper and weaker material, but uh, an increased profit margin. So they chose to go that route. Did uh, or maybe it was a good material and it just had a slight defect in the gear that over a certain amount of usage the the metal would fracture 
and the gear would stop. Or maybe there, there was just a, a misassessment of what actually felt on my part. That it wasn't a gear that was failing. That maybe there was something with the electronics that was uh, not working properly. Or, you know, there was a combination of things. And so finding the root cause is often uh, challenging before you can start to point fingers at the cause of failure. However, there may have been indicators that failure was about to occur. And that's where predictive analytics could be useful is identifying where things were going to be likely to be a reward or likely to fail. Maybe you could use it with uh, employee churn. If there's indications that an employee has not got recognition or promotions or bonuses, could that be an indication that the employee is uh, ready to depart and uh, look for other opportunities where they might get better recognition, uh, higher pay, and better rewards. And that might be reflected in their evaluations back to the management. So the, the management could store those that information and then run predictive and analytics and assess those individuals who are high risk for, for leaving. And perhaps those individuals could be counseled and the supervisors could be uh, encouraged to uh, work more closely with the employee to ensure that they're, they're uh, um, recognized and that, they're, um, that their needs are being met as an employee. And perhaps maybe all it is is that they need more training or they just need to know more what the expectations are or they just need more challenge at work. There's a number of different things that could be causing the dissatisfaction. And the other thing is there's could be just a general trend that and that's the kind of the what I'm getting at with the large group is that the millennials seem to be moving about every three years to other companies looking for more exciting projects uh, getting into larger code bases working with bigger companies and uh, and trying to win that way so the more frequent job moving uh, seems to be the large longer larger trend <laughs>